Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we're joined by Paul Denniston, the creator of Grief and Healing Yoga. We thought that this was an important conversation to have right now as school resumes, and we still find ourselves in the middle of so much unknown. It's important to remember to take care of yourself. So with that being said, let's get started. Paul, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. I love being here. We're really happy that you're coming on as a guest because I want to talk all about everything that you do, you know, and then we can talk about the meditation. But I just I want to give people some insight into into you and what you do and how you started. And then we can talk about how it not only applies to how I advocate for our audience, but what's really important is for us to remember self-care and to take that moment to refill our buckets. And that's one thing that I love about your yoga. And I think that's why I have so many people ask me about it. I have more requests through that during the school year than anything because I think there's such a great release and a permission that's given and it's so needed. I think it's needed in society every day, any day, but especially right now, I think that this could be beneficial to everyone. I I agree. Thank you. I I I'm honored to be your guest and I would love to I'd love to have a conversation about it. As a caregiver, even if you're just a parent caring for your child, you put so much focus sometimes into other people and you don't give that focus to yourself and you you almost think it's selfish to do that. And I think if you continue that way, uh, it can be very damaging to yourself. You become empty. Um, And so, you know, just like Lori said, you have to find time to like refuel Um, because I certainly know from working with... uh, whether it's parents or whether working with just healthcare professionals, you experience compassion fatigue and you're feeling empty and stuff. So it's it's important for, you know, everybody to um, to take care of themselves and to do self care. I mean, the reason that I identify with yoga is because it's mind, body, and spirit. But there's you know there's many different ways that you can do self care, both within the mind and the body. I mean, I'm happy to talk about yoga and I'm also happy to share about other things that that they can do for self-care too. So why don't we talk about first because I know you I know you from yoga that's how we we first met which and I fell in love with your class because it had a little bit something special there that allowed me to go deeper and and heal and just relax and kind of go into these different areas and from that yoga class I was introduced to your grief yoga. And we had a discussion earlier about, and I think this is important for our audience, is that I hesitate, although it's grief yoga and it's about healing, I hesitate to say grief yoga. Um, And I always, from the start, called it healing yoga. And I, I wondered if you ever wondered why I just presented it that way. 
uh, because I, it's almost a little telling about me. And one of the reasons why I was hesitant to call it grief yoga is when Liam was first diagnosed, a lot of the verbiage that came to us was about grieving Liam and grieving who he's not going to be and grieving you know, the child you're not going to have which was so foreign because he was our second child. And when Sophia was born, no one mentioned anything about what she wasn't going to be or who she wasn't because they couldn't tell because she was just born. But there was this insight that people thought they had to who Liam was going to be. And over the years, I've come to understand where that perception comes from. And I know that people were doing their best, but it did create a hesitation for me to call this beautiful healing yoga that was such a gift from you grief yoga just because of what I had attached to my journey that made that word weigh so much but we also discussed the importance of grief and what grief is and I'd love it if you would share a little bit about that absolutely well you know in my heart grief is about love And if I choose to love in this lifetime, I recognize that the price that I have to pay is is grief. And so I I actually had no problem with you call it, you know, healing yoga, because I actually believe that grief is healing. I think sadness is healing. I also think that what else is healing is um, releasing anger because we don't want to keep it stuck inside of us. you know, it's interesting when I when I was creating the practice, because I also was afraid of grief and I tried to avoid grief, especially as a as a man, young boy growing up in Texas. I certainly wasn't ever taught that. And but I would also know that when I would go into a yoga class, I would have these little grief bursts. I would release these tears. And so I became very clear about how we hold on to things in our body. The body remembers pain and trauma, and it's very easy for us to get stuck up in our head. Another aspect that why yoga is healing is because the heart of what yoga is about is about compassion. And so what I was exploring and playing with as I began to learn many different forms of yoga and movement, I was a choreographer back in my day. As, uh, so I, I would train actors how to express themselves. Um, I also was learning from different areas of grief and loss where it's easy for us to get stuck. And so what I was wanting to create, even though there was a specific thing about grief, but I was really wanting to create a transformative journey that helped us, one, become aware and present and identify what the struggle is and where it lived in the body. The second step was to start to express it using movement, breath, and sound that activated whatever the, the struggle is and to use the pain as fuel to to release it, to discharge it. That would then go into a place of connection. And here's where it goes into the healing aspect. And, And connection happens through self, connection can happen with others, and connection can happen through spirit. And in these places within my healing yoga class, 
it's flowing meditations that can connect us to, to love, to grace, and to gratitude. That would then finally close out the class within a place of surrender, where it's softening. It's almost like you're letting go, not necessarily of love, but you're letting go of the pain to help you to move into a place of peace. And so that's a really kind of like how the structure is that I created it. Did it start with a, with a focus on grief? It did, and I think it was because it's what I needed to work on myself. But I also know that it's given me incredible love bursts and it's helped me to tap into more, more joy because I allowed myself to be with grief and to be with sadness. I'm sorry, I'm just listening to you. And I was thinking about just this, uh, this episode being very, very healing in its, in its own right without it being, you know, the meditation. And I was going to ask you because a lot of, you know, what I had talked to you about when, when parents are approached a lot with uh, children with Down syndrome, and even before, because a lot uh, on our on our podcast, we talk about sometimes the the joy gets taken away from a mother who's expecting a child with Down syndrome. Once they get the diagnosis, it totally shifts as far as how they're approached. Is there anything that that you want to share or talk about as far as with that? Because I know that's a diff. It's a different kind of grief. You know, as you know, we have Liam who who is who's ten years old, and the one thing that that we've experienced is that his life is anything but something that is something to grieve. It's just such a celebration. And so what we try to do with our podcast is to really put the information out there to change the perception of Down syndrome. And to the listeners, whether it be parents or um, siblings or even people with Down syndrome, can you speak on that that kind of grief or processing that grief or the the way that because I feel like we're trying to celebrate something and we're told no it's a loss is there is can you speak on grief or even the processing of that kind of grief or is there any kind of insight that you would have on something like that perhaps it's 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 all of it connected perhaps that you know, there's there's even let's say um, with there there's so many times like with the death that you know people are like, well, I don't want to I want to create and call this a celebration of life. So I think that it it can all live in the same space. I think that perhaps there can be a sadness or a disappointment, like this was not the way that I thought it was going to be. And as you talked about with Liam, but then there are so many unexpected surprises of, of joy that I can celebrate. Um, so I, I think all of it can live together. Um, and um, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like it all lives together. I, I do think that in order for you to come to a place of happiness or joy, I do think um, acceptance is the key. And acceptance doesn't mean you have to like a situation or a circumstance, but you accept it for what it is. And so when you can get to that place, there's, there, there's, there's a shift that I believe that happens where you're like, okay, so this is, this is, I'm going to accept this. 
And is there something, you know, beautiful that I can witness here too? Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have a child with Down syndrome, but let's just say, um, let's talk about for me a loss. Like, let's say, my, so my, my younger sister passed away and she had a long battle with cancer. Um, I can recognize that there is a disappointment that I experience. I wish that she was still here. She was my best friend growing up. But, and I can also remember the times where we had joy together and we you know, had a spontaneous dance break with Goofy at Disneyland. Um, and so I think it's, it's possible for all of it to live together. Um, I think that sometimes people can get a little hard because oh, I'm supposed to be feeling joy, but they don't feel whatever the sadness is. And so I do think that these challenging emotions, they need to get addressed in order to get to that place of happiness and joy. I speak from that just coming from a personal place because I know that I kept striving to experience joy and happiness. And I found that when I was not allowing myself to feel the sadness, I was having a hard time accessing that. So the, the thing is, is, I mean, just just feel whatever you're feeling authentically whatever that is if that's joy then wonderful if it's sadness then then honor it if it's anger use it as fuel and release it whatever whatever the feeling is just move with it and here's the thing i actually bring laughter yoga into a grief yoga class and the reason that i'm doing it is actually because i do want my students to access that place of joy. But subconsciously, the reason that I'm bringing laughter exercises into it is, is because when we do laughter, the body can't tell if laughter is real or fake. And yet it helps the free flow of emotions to move through. And sometimes people who are doing laughter exercises will all of a sudden break into tears and which is perfect. You're just allowing whatever emotion you're experiencing to move through. So do we want to, do we want to experience joy? Absolutely. It's one of the gifts from this life, but as is grief, it's all part of this experience. Can we allow ourselves to be with whatever is and to just breathe with it and flow with it and move with it? Well, it's such a beautiful gift you have of just saying things that just feel so right. And I know we probably, some of us at least, know these things, but it just has to be put in a context that we can remember. And a lot of the things you say, I go, right. Some of the things you say, I do go, oh, that's an amazing way to look at it, and I hold on to that. But we need to be reminded so much as well. And... Now that we're kind of in a virtual world for a little while, you're now doing some of your work and giving some of your gifts virtually. How does that work and how have you found that to come across? Like, is that something that, it, it seems to me this is a medium that does uh, translate over even FaceTime or a, a, or a telephone. Sure. Well, uh, my website is griefyoga.com. And within that space, there's lots of things that you can access that you know whether it's free classes there or if you want to go deeper into the work there's courses that you can take 
uh, if you're a healthcare professional or working with people, you know, I have trainings, whether it be a grief movement training or even a grief yoga teacher training. So a lot of that's on griefyoga.com. But I, I would say start to like access some of like the free classes that are there and, um, you know, just start to, to, to go with it and to move with it. And, and to recognize that, you know, it is grief yoga, grief yoga, but it also is really about um, what I call within each of the classes is called, it's a cycle of compassionate transformation. And so it's really about a shift, whatever the struggle is, the fear, the, the, the pain, whatever it is, the worry it's a, it's it's an interesting way to approach it to 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 channel it to think about what if i used this instead of like pushing it away if i used it as fuel to allow my heart to expand to allow the love to grow deeper for myself and towards others to allow a sense of of gratitude to expand and and to move with more grace that's that's the uh, that's the way that the classes are designed one of the things I think I enjoy the most about uh, taking your grief yoga slash healing yoga, um, <laughs> did you ever wonder or like want to ask me why I did that? <laughs> I mean, people are like grief yoga. Yeah, that sounds a little intimidating. No. So I thought I, you know, I get it. And you were like, you were just trying to adapt it for the masses. And look, I have a book that's coming out next year. And the, um, the publisher itself says, I don't think grief yoga might be a hard sell as a book so we're going to call it healing through yoga and i'm like i totally get it it probably i would probably be more inclined to go to a class like that too so um so i have no problem with that word yeah no and, and i think i think you're right i think um for me i was trying to make it more palpable to to people so it wouldn't it wouldn't i didn't know for me, I didn't know where other people were. And I think to step up and to say, I'm grieving something, um, that's a that's a giant step. You know, I think, I, I mean, for me, I, I feel like it, it takes a lot to get there to say that. And also, we don't live in a society that really embraces grief. When, when someone, when you lose someone, I, I find the hardest thing is that the rest of the world continues and you're not there you're in a different space. And it's weird that the everything else just goes on as it was. And, and, and it doesn't really cater to nurturing and healing yourself. And I think what it, we weren't really taught how to grieve. We weren't really taught how to share challenging emotions. And so what happens is it gets suppressed. And so, um, you know, grief can look in many different ways. It can look like anxiety for people. It can look like anger. It can, you know, it can move into depression, um, you know, and we do things that try to, to try to cope with it, whether it be drugs or alcohol or anything to numb the pain. So here's the truth. We are all struggling. Um, and is it, is it hard to say that we're sad or that we might be in grief? Yeah, because we haven't been taught that way. But I just I just know that we're all struggling in our own way. Whether you identify that as grief, it, it's okay. It doesn't matter. But I think the thing is, is, you know, we need to be we need to be kind to ourselves. 
and to others during this time, because this is a challenging time that we're going through right now. How can you be a little more kinder and compassionate to yourself? I think that's what's so universal about your practice is that we truly are all grieving and healing at the same time through this world. It's a tough thing, a tough world we're put into and a tough to wrap your mind around um, difficulties and even successes. And so it's really a, a universal is a, the word I've used. Your practice is something that really transcends any one demograph. Everyone can benefit from it. Especially just during this time of the pandemic, when, when loss can look like in many different ways, it doesn't necessarily have to be the loss of, of a loved one. It could be the loss of income. It could be the loss of a home. It could be, you know, your, your anxiety and fear is overwhelming. So um, it's just, it's a challenging time that in this space where we're not also allowed to, to, to connect with other people, what's happening also is, is a place of disconnection that can happen for people, disconnection from people, and sometimes even disconnection with our own body as we get stuck in our head. So um, I, I do believe the healing aspect is finding connection, whether that's through self or others or spirit. And then also just to go back to the meaning of what yoga is, is yoga is union, connection. And I think connection is really uh, what we're, we're really um, craving right now. Absolutely. And when you said that's it's funny, because right before you said grief isn't just over the losses, I had actually typed that in on my notes to talk about is that we, we can be grieving, you know, the, the freedom, the freedom to go to the grocery store, or and to get like, you know, to and I think it's also good to be able to talk to your children about it, that that you know, we the the loss of you know your your freedoms or your routine or being able to for them to see their friends, that's something that, you know, if if we can talk about and um, give them an outlet for expression of that, that's going to be so much better for them, in in the long run once we get through this because we'll get through it. I think part of the frustrating thing is we don't know when or how long it will be, and it's gone on a lot longer than anyone was expecting. Um, but we'll, we will get through this pandemic. And, uh, and I think that it's also important that we, we, you know, we support our, our children and our families, you know, so we can get through it together and as whole as we possibly can. And to recognize that, it, again, like it, it all can live together. We can be sad but we can also be strong and resilient. You know, we can be, you know, angry, but also determined. There, it can all live in the same, we can, you know, again, it's a fine line between laughter, joy, and tears. So I believe it can all live together. And I think that, you know, helping children to, to be okay with sadness, I mean, my gosh, I wish I had that when I was a boy. Um, and so, I mean, one of the things that I also recognize is it might be really hard to talk about that. It's hard to talk about feelings. And so um, a reason why kids kind of identify with this practice that I do too is, is that 
I use sound a lot. I use movement, breath, and sound because sometimes we get stuck within our throat. And so I use sound and the vibration of the voice to just help open up the throat too. Um, so that's, it's another quality I use because it's, it's important to express because if it doesn't get expressed, then it gets suppressed and then we can get depressed. <laughs> that's on your website. So if we went on griefyoga.com, we could find maybe the, the work through sound and work. Through... Yeah. I would say, you know, uh, there's a couple of classes on there. I, I, like the, the classes that are coming to me right now is, is there's a, there's a, uh, an, Elevate, which is a grief yoga chair class. It explores with sound there. If you're feeling like you've got some some anger or you're wanting to, there's one, you know, free class. It's called Spark. It's about how you can channel, you know, challenging emotions and and use them as fuel. Um, there's there's little exercises that you can also access there. Um, that if you wanted to learn different tools and techniques, uh, those are there for you. So um, yeah, griefyoga.com. And it's something that I, I would highly recommend just, <clears throat> you know, from someone who's been able to benefit from some of your grief yoga classes, there's just something about what I was going to touch on earlier was there's something about grief and, you know, then we go through our days and whether it be uh, as far as our, our normal audience, but in this case, I think it it we can talk to people about just grieving and healing for everything is a lot of times because this society, we, we don't get to like pull back and we don't know how to grieve and we don't give ourselves that self-care and it gets suppressed. It's easy. It is. It's so hard to get in there and pull out and heal it. So if you can access it in other ways, like you said, through sound or through movement, it just heals you in a a completely different way. And I acknowledge that some people it works, you know, that's easier for them to talk to people. But I've always found that it's there's something about that I don't have to tell you what I'm feeling, but that feelings in me and through a sound or a movement or a dance or even through the laughter that I can release it. And it is, it's so freeing. And it's so beneficial to the people around you, especially for caregivers or parents that sometimes don't give themselves that time, just taking the time to heal yourself is going to benefit your entire family. So even if you want to, uh, you know, if your child is very like frustrated or angry or whatever it is, sometimes what if you decided, okay, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to play a little three minute song here and we're just going to shake. We're just going to shake it out. You know what I mean? And just kind of move it around. I mean, that's something to do. And I mean, look, here's the thing, even like in a grief yoga class, what I do is, is there's a time where I'll have like people pound on a pillow just for a short period of time where I give them permission to have a little temper tantrum. It allows it to move it through. Or maybe it's like a fun song, to, you know, like a, a Taylor Swift, shake it off. Um, there's also, you know, songs that can start to move your heart and, and to just find ways to flow. So, you know, there, there, Expression in the body can happen that way. If you're going through struggles within the mind, also just so you know, another technique is, is to just give yourself a moment for five minutes and just write out whatever you need to say. Perhaps it's maybe your critical mind who's like really just having a hard time. Maybe you're angry or whatever it is. And you just say, I'm going to spend, you know, five, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. I'm going to just write 
and let myself release it. And I mean, again, that's where you're using your mind and your body because you are writing it out. And then afterwards, once you're done, you can throw it away. You can release it and let it go. But at least it's moving through. So that's another thing to, to, to look at. Do you have any tips for our listeners at home that they can do at home to help relieve and to heal and to let go? Well, really honor what you need. I think it's important to have many different things that you can access. One of the things that helps me personally is just taking a step outside, being in nature, allowing myself to go for a walk. Having that time to myself is very helpful for me. That's something I do. If I'm experiencing a lot of pain and struggle and I'm having a hard time with it, sometimes I'll even give myself a little like writing break. And I'm going to say, okay, whatever struggle I'm going through right now, I just am going to journal about it. And and even if I, I don't have the words, I might even just kind of scribble. But it's again, it's using your mind and your body to start to kind of like express and release whatever is suppressed. You know, whether it's a dance break and you can shake it off, what's something that you can do that can bring a mind-body connection that that will help you to, to move through some of the pain? Again, going back to that space of connection too, maybe that connection also is, is there is there a resource that you can turn to a friend? Um, a, a parent who can identify that you can just say, hey, I just need to vent right now. I'm not looking for any advice right now. I just need to like let out some struggle and pain right now. Can you please listen? And to have that space that you can release. It's, it's again, I think the thing to access here is, is where can you find connection, whether it's through self, others, and spirit, and where can you express and release whatever is suppressed. And some of those exercises or most of those exercises like hitting a pillow or journaling or having a dance break or a dance party are things that you could introduce to your kids without saying, hey, we're going to do some healing exercises. You could just say, let's scream for a while. Hey, let's, let's, you know, let's hit a pillow. Let's, let's just put on some fun dancing music and just jump all over the place and they'll be healing without really knowing that they're doing an exercise because mom thinks it's good for them. <laughs> and a lot of the times what can happen is it, it just gives them a shift. Um, and you're just really honoring whatever you're going through and, and letting it move through. Uh, I mean, I remember back in my day with my father, he would bottle the anger up until it would explode and it would just become like a teapot. Just, And so it was kind of scary. But what if instead you were to embrace it saying, you know, we're all kind of angry right now. What if we kind of like you took like your couch cushion pillow and you just started to pound it just for a short period of time just to move it through? It's, it's, it's powerful because what you're learning to do then is you're learning to channel uncomfortable emotions instead of just kind of like letting them simmer and then all of a sudden explode. And sometimes it can be a, a conduit for some, for some real, you know, healing conversation. I know sometimes when I take uh, Sophia and we go for a walk, what starts out as like a normal walk, sometimes just that expression, it, it allows her that freedom to just open up 
so maybe hitting a pillow where you start out and it's fun and you're angry, we all know that sometimes different emotions can come out and then it gives us an opportunity to get there naturally and to be able to talk about things or just release them or not talk about them, <laughs> you know. Or how Paul was saying uh, just to confide in somebody and say, right. and say, I'm, I, can I just release to you? I, I'm not looking for any advice. I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to, to have someone close to you that can say, listen, I, I just want to vent. And, and, and I'm not really looking for advice now. I'll probably end up feeling really great after I, I vent it, but vent, but that, it, that's, that's a great gift, Paul. Thank you. And maybe something we can offer to some of our friends to say, Hey, do you need, do you need to vent or our children? Do you just want to, do you want to tell me anything? And there'll be, you know, I'll just listen. And if you mirror back sometimes what they're saying, it will help them so much because then in a way your their their struggle, their pain, their grief, it's just getting mirrored. It's just being witnessed back. And, and so many people sometimes struggle because they feel like they want to help them and they want to do something, but actually your presence is enough. Just you listening can be actually enough. And then going back to self-care, give yourself that same thing. Yeah, I, I, I really think one of the ways that you can do self-care, and I just speak for myself personally, is is like whatever I'm going through, if I'm like if I'm having a really hard day right now, sometimes I'll identify just maybe there's a sad child within me, you know, who might be feeling like really overwhelmed or challenged or whatever. You know, I, I believe there's still an inner child that lives within me and how can I parent that child within myself? How can I care and love for that part of me that's hurting? How can I nurture myself? So that's something that I do. And, and even just one of the things that I do, like if, I'm, if, if, my, if my heart feels heavy or if I'm hurting or I'll, I'll just touch my, I'll allow my hand to touch my chest and I'll just take a moment and I'll like breathe with compassion. Or if I'm feeling like, overwhelmed with worry and I'm in my head and I'm in the future and I'm you know or I'm worried about things what I'll do is I'll be like no ground yourself root yourself and I'll feel my feet grounded to the earth just so I can get present to the here and now or or if I'm feeling a little like I'm, I'm losing control sometimes I'll even just place my hands on my belly and I'll just take a moment and I'll breathe and know that whatever this struggle is, that this too shall pass. So in a way, that's a little bit of self-care that, that I do for myself in which I place the hands on myself and I recognize perhaps where the pain, I identify it where it lives in my body, and I offer that kind of connection within myself that I need. So can we just get, can we go over those one more time just to make sure people heard them for self-care? Because I love that. I love the thought of... If you don't feel grounded to ground yourself and yeah, can you go over those? Absolutely. Like, so, so I think it's normal for us to get stuck up in our heads right now. We're so, you know, in our heads, we get disconnected from our bodies. And so what will happen then is, is, you know, our mind is racing towards fear and anxiety of the future. It could be regrets from the past. And so, one of the things that I do when I recognize I'm in my head and, and I'm getting anxious, I focus all the way down to my feet, almost imagining like, like a root, like a tree with deep roots. And so what that's helping me do 
is it's connecting me into my foundation to help give me support. And it's allowing my mind to quiet as I observe my breath. And at times, if, you know, my heart is feeling heavy, if my heart is hurting, then what I can do is I can just take a moment and I can place my hand on my heart. And I can just take a moment with compassion and breathe. And even at times, I might even just say, you know, I, I witness that my heart is feeling heavy today. And, and I witness my own sadness. And, and I'm going to just breathe and hold my, hold my heart today. Or if I feel like I'm losing control of things, I feel like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm powerless towards what's going on here. You know, I'm powerless towards this pandemic. I, I can't control people not wearing their masks or just that fear. Then I'll place my hands on my stomach where my core is, where my strength is. And I'll breathe all the way down in there. And even within my mind, I might just say to myself, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And if things where I'm overwhelmed with everything and I don't know what to do, sometimes just coming into a place of surrender and just saying the simple words of help me. Whenever I don't know what else to do, it's almost like it's a, it's a, it's a whisper, a prayer of saying, I need help here. And that space of surrender can perhaps even help us to connect to, you know, a power greater than ourselves to help us in that time that we need it the most. Well, I can't wait to share this with everybody. I feel like to, we need to take care of ourselves so much uh, on a daily basis, even when the world is turning as normal, when it normally turns, um, but now especially. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show to to share this with everyone and um, to talk about it. And I think there's a lot more questions uh, that can be answered. And I know that your your website, griefyoga.com, has, has a lot of information on there. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Is there anything else? I think to just recognize that there is an intuitive self within all of us that there is an inner teacher that we can always turn to the thing that we need to do sometimes is is get get silent get still perhaps it's taking a walk is there a way that you can connect to your intuition your inner teacher to help you in times where you need it the most i believe you know i spoke a little earlier that there's like there's a there's an inner child within myself too, but also to recognize that within us too, there can also live an older, wiser self that is intuitive and all-knowing and someone that can help help us in times where we might need it the most. So whether it's being addressing the wounded child within or whether it's seeking assistance or guidance, even from an older, wiser version of ourself that can connect us to our intuition. Is there a way that you can perhaps tap into that? You know, the podcast is called If We Knew Then, and we do like to ask guests if they had an If We Knew Then statement, something that they wish that a younger version of yourself knew then. 
I think to just know that this path is going to have hills and valleys. This path will take you through struggle and it will bring you into a place of bliss. So just say yes and kind of accept it all and and be open and curious. Thank you, Paul. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I've, I've really, this, this has been a good conversation for myself too, and it's touched my heart. Thank you both. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifwenewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and talk.